Chapter 11 of Thinking as a Science by Henry Hazlitt. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Read for you by Chiquito Crasto. Books on Thinking. The reader who desires to study further on the subject of thinking will find a wide field before him, but he will have to search in cosmopolitan quarters. While much has been written on thinking, it has been in an incidental manner and has found its way into books written mainly to illuminate other subjects. Among the few books or essays devoted exclusively or mainly to thinking may be mentioned John Locke, The Conduct of the Understanding, Isaac Watts, The Improvement of the Mind, Arnold Bennett, Mental Efficiency, T. Sharper Nowlson, The Art of Thinking, Arthur Schopenhauer, On Thinking for Oneself, in his essays. The last is especially recommended. It is only about a dozen pages long and is the most stimulating essay written on the subject. This, together with John Locke's conduct, which, by the way, is also fairly short, may be considered the two classics in the meagre literature on thinking. There is an extensive literature on the psychology of reasoning, on the positive science of thinking. The best single work on this subject is John Dewey's How We Think, William James's chapter on reasoning in his Principles of Psychology might also be consulted with profit. S. S. Colvin's The Learning Process contains some interesting chapters bearing on thought. On method, the amount of literature is even more imposing than that on the psychology of reasoning. Probably the most thorough book is Stanley Jevons' The Principles of Science, though this, consisting of two volumes, will require some ambition to attack. A good recent work is the J. A. Thompson Introduction to Science, Herbert Spencer's short essay, An Element in Method, in his various fragments, might also be mentioned. Of those works treating method mainly from a corrective standpoint, I have already mentioned Jevons' Elementary Lessons in Logic. The authoritative and most comprehensive book on logic is still John Stuart Mill's Great Tome. Of course, this list of books on method, as well as that on the psychology of reasoning, cannot pretend to be more than merely suggestive. If the reader desires an extensive bibliography in either of these subjects, he will probably find it in one of the books mentioned. On Doubt and Belief, William Clifford, The Ethics of Belief, and William James, The Will to Believe, might be read. The viewpoints of the two essays are in almost a direct contradiction. On reading Alexander Bain's The Art of Study in his Practical Essays will be found useful. Bacon's essay on studies, which is not more than a couple of pages long, contains more concentrated wisdom on the subject than is to be found anywhere. On subjects most worth thinking about, the reader cannot do better than read Herbert Spencer's essay, What Knowledge is of Most Worth in His Education. As to books most worth reading, Consult the lists of John Morley, Sir John Lubbock, and Frederick Harrison, Sonnenschein's Best Books in Two Volumes, Baldwin's The Book Lover, Dr. Eliot's Five-Foot Shelf, and Frank Parsons' The World's Best Books, previously referred to. On the art of living, the art of planning time so as to have room for thinking, as well as valuable hints as to how that thinking is to be carried out, consult Arnold Bennett, how to Live on 24 Hours a Day, and E. H. Griggs' The Use of Margin, both very, very small books. Finally, there is much useful material, as well as incalculable inspiration, to be obtained from the intellectual and literary biographies of great thinkers. 
Especially is this true of autobiography. Among others may be mentioned the autobiographies of John Stuart Mill and Herbert Spencer and an autobiographical fragment by Charles Darwin. The End End of Chapter 11 Read for you by Chiquito Crasto, Birmingham, Alabama End of Thinking as a Science by Henry Hazlitt